This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following content is not suitable for children. I just don't like sex. Boo. (laughs) Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Hey, don't forget to check out uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. It really helps us to support the podcast and keep delivering free content. Thanks so much. So today we're going to talk about women who don't like sex and try to figure out what in the world that is about I just did want to talk a little bit first about kind of what's going on in our lives. I know, George, you're doing important work in the Ukraine, and I'd love for you to say a few words about that. Yeah, it's my honor to meet, you know, a couple times a month with the Ukrainian community of therapists. Some are EFT, some are all over the place, but really just trying to to help people who are overwhelmed on so many fronts not just as therapists, but personally. I mean, imagine having your partner off in battle and then you're trying to help people with their traumas and loss. And it's just incredibly overwhelming, but also inspiring, you know, how resilient people can be and how appreciative they are of, of, of kind of getting help, of having people just sit with them and helping them make sense of. It, 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 it reinforces for me the power of, of just having a witness Someone who's impacted by your story so you don't have to face it alone is basically what we do so often when we meet is just come together to to share each other's stories. And, mm. you know, that's and really power, that's pretty awesome. Really sharing the story is a way that we, you know, help people not feel so alone and not feel in so much pain. Yeah. When you're desperate and overwhelmed you really do need some some space to just normalize your experience you're you're not crazy you're not failing i mean these people so passionate to want to help their clients and there's a lot of things you can't change can't end the war can't bring people back to life Mm. but just just be able to kind of say wait a second what you're experiencing is overwhelming and Humans are not supposed to deal with all they're dealing with. That's right. Right. So when you develop symptoms of anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress, this is all what humans do when, when, when you're dealing with what they're dealing with. So, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I'm trying to help them, and you know, I think 
they give me so much in just reminding me of of just the shared human nature we all have and mm -hmm. the, the basic needs we all have to not be alone when we're dealing with some real negative dark places. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, that's what we see even with lesser issues, right? You know, I, I was struggling with something last week and called a couple of friends and just talked it over and just having compassion, having somebody know and really saying, hey, I get it. I get that you're struggling. I'm here. Call me if you need me. That There's so much relief in that. And we know, you know, we're talking to couples every day who are struggling with relational sexual problems. And there's so much relief in telling a therapist. There's so much relief in not feeling alone in it, you know, that they're the only ones who suffer. And I, I think especially about sexual problems, nobody really talks about that. And so I hear lots and lots of letters from people who say, you know, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for talking about it because they're not hearing this. And I, I think just connecting with others and knowing that you're not alone in your suffering and, and your problems is helpful. Exactly. And I think we're both in agreement. This is, this is a mission for us. Yes. You know, we are looking for opportunities to normalize people's struggles and just to get them to talk about it because we do so much. But when we're overwhelmed, we don't have a lot of energy. We tend to isolate. We tend to just want to keep to ourselves. And that just starts a spiral that makes things so much worse. So I look for whatever opportunities I can to start discussing some of these things I'm exposed to in different places. So, you know, we're doing a training in different parts of the world and we hear about female circumcision. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't know about that. So I had a family trip at my lake house with like 40 people. And most of them are young. You know, we're having fun and kayaking and playing beer bong and all this. But, you know, I also <laughs> wait for moments to talk about these things. They're like, no way that really happens. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's tough, you know, to enjoy sex when you don't have a clitoris. And like, <laughs> so you know, at this Absolutely. party we had, we, we, we formed the Protect the Clitoris Club. You know, <laughs> but then the whole, you have 40 people talking about, you know, PCC, Protect the Clitoris Club. And it's just, it's just, I'm hoping breaking down walls, making people more comfortable talking about these things. Oh, you know, I love, talking I love about the periods, talking about, yeah, we're all, we're all trying to have, have fun, but also this is a mission, inviting people in to just get more comfortable talking about these things and, yeah. and making a difference. And, and I want to thank people. We've had lots of patrons over the years, and we recently had two new ones. And we just thank you for your financial support, too. That is a way to directly support us. Uh, George and I spend time researching and teaching, and we're currently starting to write a book and it really does help us spread this work and do what we do. So we appreciate it very much. And Oh, Absolutely. find us on Instagram. It, we have a new Instagram name. It's foreplay sex therapy podcast. So it's foreplay underscore sex therapy podcast. Please find us on Instagram and follow us and like us share there us. and share us. And we're doing some. We took out the radio because the younger generation didn't know what it was. <laughs> what, what, what's a radio? <laughs> yes, we did. So let's go back to women who don't like sex. And we use the research particularly of Gurit Birnbaum, who's an Israeli researcher. We're going to meet in a couple months, right? Yeah. We go to Israel. Yeah, so exciting. 
And she basically talks about that this anti-erotic experience of women is based on, number one, what we always talk about, the lack of communication. Also, that women fear being a failure, and they get preoccupied with pleasing their partner, and then they have these self-monitoring, judgmental thoughts. And these are kind of the some of the ways that the sexual experience for them is down-regulated. Right. And that's what we're encouraging our listeners to do is try to get more specific. I think most people I work with that don't like sex, when you ask them why, they don't know. It's just I don't like it. And I don't want to talk about it. They avoid it. So they're not really clear about what that's what that is. So I love what you're introducing here, these categories, trying to help people like get curious, what is going on? What are the good reasons? You know, I always, when I ask a couple, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, you know, a partner say, I've had sex for 25 years. It's enough. I don't need any more sex the rest of my life. And you're mm. like, whoa, what, what got you to that place where the thought of having sex is like that much of a turnoff that you would just be so much better off without it. I know that it is. I, I don't understand it. It was kind of what I kept hearing when people called my center. They would say things like, I just, I just don't want to have sex again. I, I, I don't care if I ever have sex again. I was like, ooh, you know, which is why I wrote a book about it, like wanting sex again, just trying to discern what all these issues were. And I think, you know, I think there's this research that we follow has really centered on three different areas that we're going to talk about, and then we'll do a little role play on it as well. But, you know, relationally, a lot, and this is really about female low libido. So why don't women want to have sex, which, gosh, I think men who do want to have sex want to understand. Yes. So just give us the three categories and we'll get more. Okay. So you got relational is one. Right. Relational. And then there's this worry-centered part of their brain. And okay. and then there's the pleasure-centered sexual experience. So it's relational, the, the worried mind, and the pleasure-centered sexual experience. Okay. Okay. So in the relationship, you know, women find the romantic connection and the attachment to their partner as a big gas pedal. I mean, that they talk about in the research as, yeah, this is a turn on. This is why I do want to be sexual when I feel connected to you. You know, over the years, I would say some women who don't feel connected to their partner, it's just, it's an absolute wall. Right. So you have on one extreme, the the wall, the distance, the boredom. Mm-hmm. The other extreme, you're going to have the conflict, the fighting, the the reactivity, the defensiveness. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. both of those relational things are going to kind of do something to the libido. Exactly. If if your partner is not engaged with you, you know, and there's just so little going on there, you know, there's little to feel about them relationally. I I I know a couple who they function really well and. You know, they've raised good kids, all of that. But when they are around each other, there's just, you know, I'm around them and there's nothing. You know, it's like they're just moving satellites around this planet of life and they might bump into each other or might not, but there's just, they're not talking, they're not engaging, they're not sharing anything about their inner world. It's, 
You know, it's really disconnected. Right. I had a couple. I gave them a homework assignment. Just two or three times a day, use each other's name. It's amazing how we never use each other's name. Just, you know, saying, Lori, George, like that just does something to spark the other person's engagement. I mean, we, how can you be with somebody and never even use their name anymore? And that's what mm-hmm. happens in relationships. It's just mm-hmm. like, hey, can you get that? There's no name. So these are little things that just kind of spark that. Yes. I do love that, right? Having my name said, it does just perk me up. I, I get it. Um, I have friends sometimes who say my name a lot, and it, there's just something engaging about that. And I think the other side of the relationship problems, like you said, are the conflicts. Couples who uh, have a lot of conflict. I would say I almost have a little more hope for those couples because at least they're engaging with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, well, we do lots of podcasts on the relationship influence to mm-hmm. low libido, and that's I think so important to highlight because people put it as a problem within the person and don't see it within the relationship, and we see it within a relationship. Not wanting to have sex is usually a result of the sex not being so great, of not mm-hmm. being so engaged. There are good reasons your body starts to turn off. So really, we could spend hours on the, the relationship piece of it, but let's, let's get to the other two. <laughs> okay. So like the worry part of the sexual experience for a woman, it's a break. You know, she may be feeling fear, fear of displeasing her partner, disgust about certain aspects. She may feel guilty. I mean, some people feel immoral about different activities. You know, they, they feel like, okay, their partner's not really sexually competent. I, I have women Tell me all day long, George, that, look, at I have told him how I like my clitoris touched. I, I have showed him. And, you know, it's like he'll do one or two little strokes and boom, he wants to do intercourse. And like, does he not get that I need this? I mean, I hear this and, and my heart just breaks because these are people who have been married for years and years and they might go ahead and have sex, but they're really not getting anything out of it. So that's a big worry. And. I also, Maybe that's a new club we got to form. Oh, yes. Touch the clitoris club correctly. Or touch the, <laughs> something like that. Touch I the think a clitoris lot. club correctly. So it's T-T-C-C. Touch the clitoris C-C-C. correctly club. Yeah. Touch the clitoris correctly club. I think this, a lot, of, a lot of men would need help in that area. Again, oh my where, gosh, yes. Where do you get it? Where Who tells you how to do it? Unless you're really open to feedback from your partner. A lot of times you take it as criticism and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of men feel like they're failing and they don't want it and women try to protect them from that. So then they never get the feedback that they need. So if you're yeah. listening, please join this club. Welcome the, the feedback. We, it's going to make you merch. better. We need merch. The TTCC merch. <laughs> yeah. Just the glitterous club. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I think so many men don't even, right, even know where the clitoris is or that that's the center of her world. I had a man come in and say, look at, I was with a lot of women before I got married. Like none of them needed clitoral stimulation to climax. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Wonder how many of them actually climaxed, you know, because all women need it. And And it's not, and it's not the guy's fault. That's what he's been told his whole life. That's what I the don't know that it's shows. not the guy's fault when he's been with a whole lot of women not to know that. That's a whole lot of women not giving him feedback. Yeah, or maybe 
you know he's given a vibe you don't want the feedback i'm sure it's some right. combination come right? on but it's it, it's what i'm saying this is this is a, does he even ask you know do, is it good for you you know and and does when he even was the care? last movie you saw where you saw the female turn to the husband or a partner and give feedback and that was like part of the scene absolutely okay you got me there none none so again, I, I don't we see that never see it and we don't grow up in families that talk about it how the hell are we supposed to know how to do it or want feedback from it i guess we all got to grow up in the fowler family that they're doing uh, we're the, trying to change it i didn't grow Clarice up doing Club. that <laughs> we're trying we're trying this podcast has really helped me push my own envelope and i don't i don't want my sons to grow up the way i grew up with a lot of ignorance and then being protective of my own ignorance yeah right which doesn't mean things are going to change like how cool to be welcoming feedback if you can get a partner to buy into wanting feedback that changes the game Let's take a break and come back and talk about the pleasure-centered sexual experience. If you guys are like me and really want to find a good doctor, whenever you have something that you need a specialist for or you just want to find somebody nearby who's great, go to ZocDoc.com. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com. And basically, they've done all the research for you. There are doctors who are patient-reviewed, who will take your insurance and be available when you need them. So this is a great resource. It will find a doctor that's right for you. You'll be able to book an appointment in person or remotely, whatever works in your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. I'm one of them. It's my go-to really whenever I want to find and book a quality doctor. ZocDoc.com slash foreplay. Download the ZocDoc app for free. Start your search today. There are many appointments that are available within 24 hours. It's easy. Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash foreplay. ZocDoc dot com slash foreplay. We'd just love to invite you to our Great Sex, Great Love Couples Retreat on Friday, October 28th, 2022. 10 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time, George and I are really going to help you apply what you learn in the podcast to your relationship. So if your marriage or partnership is functional, but it's not that exciting, or you want to deepen that connection and really improve your intimacy or, you know, make sex something that isn't just a check off your list and try to bring the sizzle back, please join us. We are going to spend a whole day enhancing your relationship and intimacy dealing with the cycle, making it safe for you to talk about desire, talk about the actual sex acts that you're doing. Also express what's going on in your mind, body, and heart, and your spirit to find deeper sexual connection with each other. That's October 28th. You can find it on foreplaysextherapy.com under our resources to sign up now. So the the worries and the stress, it could be, I mean, we know stress does bad things to you. Right. And, you know, you could have body image, you could have had bad past experiences, you could have had trauma, you know, we get that if you're in your own head, you're not present in your body, it's going to be hard to relax, which is what's often needed for great sex. Mm-hmm. So, but we want you to get more specific. Like, what is it that you're worrying about? Just don't settle for something as vague as I worry too much. Worry mm-hmm. about what? 
the list of things you have to do, the bad thing that's going to happen, your partner's smelly breath. Like there is something your brain is worried in. The more specific you get it, the more we can identify the target of what we can do to reduce that worry. And that's the beauty of these breaks, that if they can be identified and they can be shared and they can be responded to, the act of your partner helping you with the worry actually changes it from a break to a gas pedal. That worry, it leads to connection, which leads to that, you know, that, that engagement and that, that strengthening of the bond that I think so many couples don't understand there's that opportunity. They try to protect themselves from increasing the worry, but then they miss the solution to the worry, which Mm -hmm. is their partner's engagement. Mm -hmm. Being able to tell your partner, this is what I'm worried about. It's so vulnerable. And I just want to say a really big worry that I hear from women all the time is, the worry about their body image, you know, that they don't feel good enough in some way. And I I think it's kind of relative. I I have very few friends and have talked to very few women who feel a lot of body positivity, Mm -hmm. you know, but most of them, it's like, I, I mean, they look great to me. And it's like, oh, you know, my breasts are too small. My breasts are too big. My butt is too big. My bed is too small. You know, I mean, they're rocking, great looking and have hot bodies and they think that they don't. And that's an interference when they're naked, you know, right. in their sexual experience. They, they're they focusing on a tiny piece of cellulite or something and and they think their partner is looking at that and critical. And, and it's like this audience of criticism that they feel. Yes. And a lot of men need to give compliments outside the bedroom. I think that's where the body images really help to, to, to tell your partner they look beautiful or you just like the way they walk or, you know, look at the way they turn. And I, these little things outside the bedroom that don't have to lead immediately to sex, I think what allows a lot of these women to trust and to kind of feel, I mean, that's what we do our kids, right? We say, look, you're beautiful. Look, I, I love the way you jump. I love the way you dance. I love the way, like, it's those that allow people to feel that confidence in their own body. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think as couples, we spend enough time doing that with each other mm. and, and men want to hear it too right yeah <laughs> of course they do of course they do yeah. yeah and i just gotta say every once in a while george you wax a little poetic you know it's just like i love the way you move i love the way you turn those are beautiful things you know lovely thank you get lucky every once in a while thank you <laughs> if you throw enough things at the wall something sticks. <laughs> that's, that's my right way of That's going right. through life. But let's hit that that third category. Okay. Corey. So the pleasure-centered sexual experience is, you know, what does she get out of it? Does she feel pleasure in an arousal? Does she have an orgasm? Does she leave the experience satisfied, you know, with relief and being calm and mm-hmm. that beautiful afterglow? Is it something that it's so reinforcing? I think it's such a dopamine reward to have a satisfying sexual experience that, you know, without this, there's little motive, right? Right. I couldn't agree more. How do you stretch that? How do you install that? We know our brains have a negativity bias. So when you actually have success to to stretch that success, to kind of remind yourself of those successes, right? That's what starts to grow it. 
So if you do have that orgasm and you fall into each other's arms and you're in that afterglow, how do you not rush to get up and take a shower to just lay in that place and say, how lucky am I? How lucky are we? And how cool is it that this is the way we get to spend this moment, right? Just Mm. being that intentional, I think does so much to just say like, I can't tell you how many times couples where they have those moments are like, why do we not do this more? Like, it's so magical. It's just so like, isn't this the point of all this work and all these balls in the air to get these moments where another person sees you and watch you and you're connected and you're why? I mean, that's, that's the good stuff why we're here. Every day. <laughs> Every day. That is such a good feeling, right? Just laying with your partner naked afterwards and you're relaxed and it's just like your skin is warm. It just, I, I Yeah. You're Oof. freaking people out, though. Oof. It could be every three days or once a week, whatever is your, <laughs> no. you know, whatever your sweet spot is. We're not putting pressure here. No, I just, it's just, you know, I can feel it as you talk about it. It's that is a reward, mm-hmm. and I think that this is a problem for women who don't want sex. Something's happening. The sexual. Yep. I talked to a woman recently, and it was like, it's terrible for me. You know, he's done, he goes to sleep, and I'm awake just like, what was that all about? And it's not like she doesn't know, although she does say, you know, it's it's hard to articulate it. It's hard to say. Sometimes yeah. her mind is confused when she's asked that question, what's going on for you? It's like, oh, you know, there's so many things going on. Yeah. I, I love that little example because I may want to role play that because when he falls asleep, she doesn't get the space to be curious and talk about and process kind of what didn't work so well for her. You know, when you have nowhere to go with it, it's normal for your body to get frustrated and resentful. And before you know it, you're focusing on your partner instead of what what's going on inside of you, right? And that shift towards getting defensive stops the person from really being clear on what, what blocks their desire, their success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how about we role play that just trying to set up having a discussion about that. Okay, let's do it. All right. I don't know how realistic this is, but we're speeding this up. But imagine as, as, as the partner, I'm going to be Joe again, that I actually have listened to a podcast, right? And I've like, I, I, I or am picked starting, up a book or, right. you know, well, we, we know this foreplay four podcast is pretty successful. So, yeah, so Joe's yeah. becoming a listener, but you know, so for me to say to you, you know, Maria, I am, I really have through the years been so frustrated by the, your lack of initiation that I really blame you for it, but I'm really starting to get like, there's a reason for it. There's something going on inside of you that makes your body less interested than mine. Right. And we've, we've, we've talked about it globally. Like you're just not in a mood, but I really would like, you know, whenever you feel like the right time to just try to understand what are some of those things. Maybe there's something we could do with it. Maybe there's not, but I, I, I hate that you feel blamed for it all the time. I really think that there's, there's good reasons for it. I just, I want to give you some space to try to understand what those are. So you don't have to be alone with that. Well, I, I appreciate you trying to have this conversation. Um, it's hard for me to talk to you because I, you know, I do feel like we get into fights about this, but mm-hmm. I don't know, just being with you these, this weekend, I, I do feel a little closer and safer. So 
I guess one thing I would say to you, Joe, is like when when it's a night and I don't come and you do and you, you know, it's like afterwards there's really no energy for me. You know, I, I sometimes I think about it. I think, does he know I didn't come? <laughs> and if, if things were different, I might ask you, like, could you touch me now or could you spend some time on me? But it's like you just sort of fall flat and it's almost like you hug me and that's good, but then you're asleep in five mm-hmm. seconds. And it, for me, it just begins to feel selfish. It's like you got yours. You're not even asking what I did. And my body stays awake. Mm-hmm. I mean, I stay awake dissatisfied you know maybe i was a little aroused maybe i wasn't but you know having intercourse i i feel Mm -hmm. something and then there's like nothing for me and then i find myself getting angry and resentful and just like why why should i go up that mountain with you why should i do this with you i'm trying not to get defensive Right. I, I, because there's lots of times I've tried to talk about it and it felt like you haven't wanted to talk about it. It's like, why do we always have to try to talk about these things? And, but I, I do hear you saying, like, you can give me feedback that would be helpful. And maybe in the past, I wasn't open to that. Like, I, I, all I can say now is I would want to know things. I would want to know, like, if, if you didn't orgasm and there's something I could do, like, I can stay awake or keep my energy. Like I can do that. I could, I could, you know, find a way. Cause I think that is really important to me. I guess maybe I kind of give up too and think, you know, you just wanted me to have an orgasm. Now we're done. But I mean, I'm glad that, that, you know, it doesn't work for you sometimes or you'd want to talk about it. Cause I think that's really important for us. Okay. I, as we talk about it, um, wait, I want to just take a little aside, you know, Okay, my partner is now open. He's received something. And what comes up for me as probably a more natural pursuer emotionally is the floodgates are opening. Like now I want to tell him every complaint I have. You know, it's so natural that when you're listened to a little bit, more things arise. But I can imagine in this conversation, right, Joe's doing the best he can to not be defensive, to listen. And if I flood him with, oh, and this and this and this and this and this, he's not going to be able to bear it all. And and it will probably blow up in a fight. So I think what we're doing here is we're talking about that single moment of what happens for her when she hasn't climaxed and he falls asleep. And that's enough. That's like one conversation, and we could take an hour on this. You know, we don't have time in this podcast, but we could take a long time processing this, and we should. And I think couples, when they start to have conversations, they have to isolate little moments and little parts so that they go back and forth and about one piece. And as the maybe more traditional emotional withdrawer, you're doing a great job coming toward me inviting me into talking about something you're initiating talk which is new you know or or you're initiating it in a non-defensive way and not blaming me and i can just feel like you know okay that this is great he heard this and he's not getting angry at me and i am being able to offer a complaint 
and there's more. Yes. But we got to do it one at a time. Exactly. So remember the goal and remember the focus to reach that goal. The goal here is for Maria to be able to get clear about what blocks her libido. Right. right. So if you're, if I'm Joe, I'm reminding myself of that goal. I want her to have success. I want her to move the needle in trying to understand that. Mm-hmm. For me to do that, I have to keep my focus on her. This isn't about me and defending myself. There's not the time to do that. We can get to that another time. But right now, it's trying to keep the focus on her. And if, if Maria has success with be given that space, she will talk about it more the next time a little bit more freely. And the more success we have, the more we're going to understand these blocks, the more we'll be able to work through them. Okay, so give me some success for what I told you. Uh, Joe, I'm Maria again. Yeah, I, that would suck to feel that it's all about me having an orgasm and then I don't even care about you and just go to sleep. I mean, that's that would make anyone not want to have sex, right? So if if... If we could figure out, if you can give me feedback on what I can do, I am very open to that. I think you really, you deserve to have the same experience as me. And I want to do everything I can to make that happen. And I really appreciate you bringing this up because I know it's not easy to do. Okay. Thank you. I'm glad, you know, this feels like a different kind of talk and a different conversation. I guess that podcast you're listening to is pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) So. Okay, thanks you all. Find us on Instagram, foreplay underscore sex therapy podcast. Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening. Keep it hot, y'all. Call in your questions to the foreplay question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number four, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.